Welcome to Mission Sunlight Chat from the Media Missionaries of Network 7 Media Center. We are in our studio located in Chattanooga, Tennessee, here in the USA. We're glad you're joining us from wherever you are in the world. My name is Christopher Beeson, and our Director of Production and Engineering today is Jordan Wagner. Mission Sunlight Chat is a nonprofit Christian media production. So if you'd like to know more, visit us at missionsunlight.org. And if you want to click uh, donate, we appreciate whatever you'd like to do for this work. One more thing before we get into today's program, we want to touch more lives for Jesus. We want to share the story of Jesus. We want to spread the truth as it is in Jesus. So if you can't share your time, your prayers, your monies, would you please share this link to today's program with a friend or even an enemy? Post it on your social media, text it to a friend right now, even snail mail it if you want. Share Mission Sunlight Chat today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Our guest today is a returning guest, Rachel Nelson. We are glad to have you back on Mission Sunlight Chat. Previously, you joined us, um, and some may have had a chance to watch uh, if it's been broadcast already. Uh, you joined us from ASI when we were out in Kansas City. That was a lot of fun, big, huge convention, hundreds of exhibitors, and just a lot of fun to see all the ministries at work, wasn't it? It was great fun. We loved it there. Well, Rachel, thanks so much for joining us today. Before we get started, I want to ask you, would you have a word of prayer for us? Absolutely. Dear Father in heaven, please be with us today as we talk and share. And may someone's life be touched amen. and changed for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Rachel, you're wearing the colors today. You've got my Bible first. Learn, grow, lead on your shirt. Tell us just a little bit about that. This is the ministry that I have recently gotten very involved in. I'm the owner of it now, and it has been a great outlet for sharing Jesus with children all over the world. And it's a ministry that your folks, and if I remember right in your previous telling, even your grandmother was involved in the uh, onset of My Bible First. Yes. Um, We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about My Bible First because there's a whole lot more to Rachel Nelson and the Nelson family we want to talk about, but how can people connect with My Bible First? They can go to our website, www.mybiblefirst.org. That's www.mybiblefirst.org. And there's also another website where they can find some other uh, children's resources. What is that one? Starting with Jesus, free daily devotional podcast. That's www.startingwithjesus.com. All right. Very good. And we can come back and talk a little bit more if we have time at the end. But um, uh, Rachel, you just when you get done with my Bible first by about 9 a.m. in the morning, you just sit around and lounge for the rest of the day, right? Absolutely. Because (laughs) isn't that what every productive person does? Sure. Tell us about uh, more about your home and what you and your husband are up to. So I'm a pediatrician and my husband's a colorectal surgeon. And then we have two beautiful children, Amy's 13, Michael's 11, and we are homeschooling both of them as well. Okay, and uh, full disclosure, Michael and my uh, son Levi are buddies uh, from ASI. Um, I would say that they um, run around and get in trouble together, but they're they're perfect. They never Absolutely, get into trouble. Absolutely, never get into trouble. Had no issues. So you're a pediatrician and you're running a ministry. Um, and you're, uh, to use the vernacular of the day, you're a soccer mom. You're running your children around to various extracurricular activities. Even as we record this right now, they're at music lessons. Yes. Uh, and, and homeschooling? We are working on that, yes. How do you keep up with all of that? Well, most of the time I don't, full disclosure. Okay. So you're not perfect. No, I'm not. Okay. I wish I were, but that will come someday when I get to heaven. <laughs> Amen. Um, so... Uh, Tell us, how are you, how are you 
proceeding as a pediatrician from day to day? What does that look like? So I'm very blessed. I work in a great practice. I am a hospitalist, so I work one week a month, and the rest of the time I'm available to do my Bible first as well as the work with the children. Okay, and you have a staff with my Bible first. Mm-hmm. And in your practice, uh, it sounds to me like you spend a lot of time in the hospital. Yes. So as a hospitalist, any child that's admitted from the outpatient world comes to the inpatient world, and I'm responsible for their care the entire time they're in the hospital. Okay. Um, what about um, Eric? I mean, he's <clears throat> when I talk to him, he's spending a lot of time in the hospital. Yes. Yeah. So as you can imagine, a surgeon's a lot busier than even a pediatrician. Um, he's takes overnight call, has to go in at all sorts of various hours to do emergency surgery cases. So it keeps him pretty busy, but honestly, when you're not busy, you get into trouble. So it, <laughs> it helps keep us out of trouble. Um, how do you, to use the ASI phrase, how do you share Christ in your marketplace? So I think it's very important to live as transparent a Christian life as possible. So I'm very open that I'm a Christian. I'm not a, a, ashamed of that. I've done my best to live my Christianity at work, mm-hmm. at home with my colleagues, and when possible, I like to share about Jesus with those who I'm with. Um, do you find people welcoming? Absolutely. When you live a transparent life and people can tell that you have an inner stability and inner joy, they will ask you questions and they are open to learning more. Okay, so you find people welcoming. Do you find people resistant? I actually haven't run into that, to be honest. Really? I mean, I've done my very best to never, ever force my views on anyone. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we emphasize that everyone has the freedom of choice. Um, But I've never had anyone that I would consider hostile. Yeah, very good. Um got a story or an experience from uh, your sharing your faith in your marketplace there in the hospital? Sure. So when I was a pediatric resident, I was praying that God would give me an opportunity to meet someone that I could do Bible studies with. So I was starting my first rotation in the NICU, and I didn't really think I would be able to have a Bible study with the little babies in the NICU, Mm -hmm. and it was hard to interact with their parents as they were in and out. So I just started praying that God would give me an opportunity, and he did. I had a continuity clinic that met once a week, and my very first patient in my continuity clinic ended up asking for Bible studies. Hey, praise the Lord. And I was able to study with them all three years of residency. All right. Do you know where that went? So we're still in contact, and I think we've made a lot of I hope Inroads. a positive impact in yeah. that family. So spiritual growth there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. Um, your uh, your husband, uh, Eric, is um, somebody special to me. Um, when my wife, Christy, uh, was in the hospital with COVID and subsequently passed away, um, he really did a, a huge out of his realm of responsibility uh, favor to me. Um, He went uh, to the uh, COVID ICU and allowed me to be able to FaceTime and pray, um, managed to get our pastor in where we could have an anointing service. And um, 
we were able to FaceTime uh, and I was able to see Christy. And, and this is extraordinary because not only uh, was I experiencing this tragedy remotely, I was extremely remote. I was traveling in Africa at the time uh, that she was sick. And when we realized that she was as sick as she was, I was trying to get home, not an easy hop out of Liberia. So it was taking some time. And uh, Eric made it possible for me to have some contact with her there in those closing hours of her her life. So Eric means a lot to me. Um, I just am astounded and amazed at how he is able to keep up with ministry, as you mentioned, the surgery schedule and the responsibilities that he carries. And he's involved in your family and your life ministry as well. So I don't know how he keeps up with, with all of that. Maybe you've got some insight to, to what he's doing. Um, one thing when we got married, which was over 20 years ago, mm-hmm. We really wanted to make sure that we were spending every effort, all of our, all of our time spreading mm-hmm. the three angels' messages. That was our goal, the goal of our family. So every year we've reevaluated, is our family effectively spreading the three angels' messages? Is there something we can be doing more? Is there something we need to cut back on that's detracting us from that mission? And mm-hmm. we've tried very hard to keep that in focus. So I don't know as we do a lot. We've just tried really hard to make sure that the time we do have, we're utilizing it in evangelism. And you would be amazed at how much little, you ha- we have a lot of little extra segments throughout our day. And if we use those wisely, we can get more done than we realize. Amen. I want to talk a little bit more about that and expand on that, but we're going to take a break. Just a reminder, missionsunlight.org is a place where you can learn more. That's mission sonlight.org missionsunlight.org and you can give there or shoot us an email with your comments too Um, please share today's program link or the entire podcast with a friend by text social media or by email take a moment right now and share it with someone we'll be back soon with more Mission Sunlight Chat Welcome back to Mission Sunlight Chat. Our guest, Rachel Nelson. Rachel, we were just talking about family and about your marriage with Eric and how you made some strategic decisions early on. But your testimony goes back even into your youth. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how you became converted and convicted to follow Jesus. So I was raised in a wonderful Christian home. I had great parents. My grandparents were pastors. My of my, my dad's grandparents were pastors. My mom's parents were missionaries. So I was surrounded by very godly people. However, at age 11, through a series of unfortunate decisions on my part, I chose to actually not believe in God entirely and to leave the Christian faith. Now, you would say at 11, how do you do that? Well, I won't go into details, but it was a very conscious decision on my part that I was not going to be a Christian. That lasted for about two or three years. And when I was around 12, 13, I attended a series of meetings that were biblically based. 
And I was convinced that the Bible was 100% true. I couldn't argue with the prophecies. I couldn't argue with the other internal validating measures that we can show that the Bible is true. But I wasn't sure that I wanted God to be 100% in charge of my life. Hmm. I really liked calling the shots. I wanted to be an educated infidel where I I basically planned my own life and, and was successful in my career and then just died and, well, that would be the end. Hmm. However... Kind of a bit of a gloomy outlook uh, it, when it you is, think about it. It is. It does sound like a gloomy outlook. And I look back and I think, what was I thinking? But when you're 11, 12, 13 years old, you don't always have the maturity. Mm-hmm. But that was, unfortunately, the decision I was making. However, the final night of the meeting, the person presenting the meetings gave a picture of Jesus and how much Jesus loved me and how my rejection of Jesus was personally hurting him. And I suddenly realized what I was doing to Jesus and I fell in love with Jesus. And I realized that if I continued in my pathway, I would not be really hurting my family. I would not be successful in my own life. I would be hurting Jesus. Mm. And so I gave my heart to Jesus that night and I was determined that with this new decision, I would bend every energy into spreading the love of Jesus and the gospel to the world. And that was a personal, individual decision. It was a very not personal. Not mom, not dad, Nobody not Nobody influenced husband. me. No, I made this on my own. In fact, I was actually scared to tell my parents. Mm. I was scared to tell anybody because I, I didn't want them to think that anybody had influenced me in this decision. I wanted people to know this was my decision. So... That has been the anchor that has kept me going Mm -hmm. for the last almost 40 years. Well, 30 years now. I'm not 50. (laughs) Um, I'm 42, I think. Something like that. Forgotten my age. But it has been the anchor that has kept me going. Mm. Um, With that, I dedicated everything to God. I dedicated my future career. I dedicated my future spouse Um, I dedicated my entertainment. I dedicated my every part of my life that I felt I had been in control and I wanted God to take over. So I was 13, 12, 13 when I made that decision. And I had been what you could probably consider boy crazy prior to that. I mean, you look at young children and you think, how does that work? But it was very real. And So I pretty much gave up on ever getting married because I didn't think I'd ever find somebody that had the same passion, conviction, and ideals. But I was wrong. And when I was 17, actually, I met Eric and discovered that he did have the same passion, the same goals. And a long story short, at age 21, we got married and together made that same commitment that our marriage would be 100% dedicated to God. Have we been perfect? No. We've made lots of mistakes. We've done all sorts of things that we wish we hadn't done, but our goal has been to serve Jesus, and God has picked us up when we've fallen down and helped us keep going. I want to be careful. We don't want to glorify uh, when Satan causes us to stumble. But is there some example you can give of a struggle that you guys have experienced that you can share, maybe either as a couple or as a family, um, that just helps people identify with how God works in the way he does? Sure. So when my husband and I finished medical school, we really were convinced that we should do a specific career path. Um, My husband wanted to do urology 
and I thought I should do dermatology. And we were pretty passionate about both of those careers and worked very hard to get into those specialties. Mm-hmm. And through a series of events that are too complicated for this program to go over, neither of us matched into those specialties. Mm. And when you don't match in medical school, that's a pretty big deal, like you don't get a job. And so that was a very discouraging time period, especially since we realized that probably one of the reasons we didn't match had to do with potential ways we had handled some situations. And so we realized that we needed to rededicate our careers to God And God miraculously worked it out. Eric was able to get a surgery spot. I was able to get a pediatric spot and very good program. We ended up doing very well, and God did work it out. But that was a very low point in our career. And Would you say that you missed a sign of what God was calling you to do? You ignored some direction from him or just something that over time became a reality. Okay, this isn't where God is leading. So now we need to just come back, check it, pray about it, and then move forward again. I think sometimes when you're young and you're convinced you're doing God's will, you don't always take other people's advice seriously. Okay. And I think that was our big mistake is other people were giving us advice and we just sort of discredit it because we're like, no, this is what we really want to do. And we know God wants us to do that, which that was fairly presumptuous. And the Proverbs has a lot to say about young people taking advice from older people and listening to older people. And so that was a hard knock that we needed to learn. We needed to learn to be humble and listen to other people and realize that their opinions are valid and they may be right and we might be wrong. Amen. Well, you got here, you got there, and um, you and Eric are doing some extraordinary work both in the medical field and in your personal ministry. So that's exciting. Praise the Lord, right? Yes, absolutely. All right. We hope you've been encouraged by the program today. We have more to come. Remember, you can give at missionsunlight.org, and you can share this program with anybody right now. Thank you for doing both or either. We'll be back with more Mission Sunlight Chat. Our salvation is a day-to-day matter, isn't it? The real principle of the Sabbath is re connecting ourselves with the Creator. We must learn to abide in Jesus now. We move ahead with our mission objectives, recognizing that we are serving together the Most High God. Welcome back to Mission Sunlight Chat. Our guest today, Rachel Nelson. Uh, Our engineer down there at the end, Jordan Wagner, has been quiet today. But Jordan, uh, we're talking about families. Um, You and I have young children in our home. Rachel has young children in her home. Um, One of the keys that we have found through the years, and as you know, I've got three adult daughters as well, um, is family worship time. And I'm going to be the first to admit we haven't done it perfectly through the years. But when we do it, we find the environment in our home is so much easier to manage, so much easier to 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 live with. Um, Our kids are more focused. They're more in touch. Um, One of the joys of uh, doing family worship is when it clicks for them and they go, oh, I need to have my own worship. I need not my personal stuff, not just what mom and dad are asking us to do. Um, I know you have family worship in your home. What do you do? 
Well, we actually, our church uses my Bible first for Sabbath school lessons, and we use that as a, a something to build off of. So we read that Sabbath school lesson for them every night, and um, then we focus on what they're thankful for. Um, you know, a lot of times, especially today, people are focused on themselves, and so we want to we want to encourage them to look at what they're thankful for, gratitude that God has done for them, and what yeah. other people have done for them. Um, and like you said, the completely lost where i was going with that <laughs> it's okay we can start again let, let me uh, i can just change a shot okay um, let me figure out where i was going with that what did you say about doing family worship oh attitudes attitudes yeah um you want me to cut in and just say gratitude is important yeah we can start that in that's okay. fine yeah so gratitude is really important it, it is and we found that um a lot of times when we do family worship, it, it changes their attitudes like you were talking about. Um, as somebody that, who's very involved in ministry, we want to encourage our girls to have that same feeling and passion in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so as we build our worship, we, we encourage them to do things like that in, in their uh, worship field. And like you said, when they decide to have their own uh, worship for themselves, we frequently find our two older uh, girls in their Bible by themselves. And when you, when you're like, why aren't you coming? Where are you? What are you doing? Oh, I'm reading my Bible. It's, it's hard Amen. to say why <laughs> you're not, you're not obeying because you're, you're not coming, but that you want to encourage that behavior as well. So. Yeah. Now the flip side of that, and Rachel's going to chuckle at this cause I can imagine with hers, um, is when they use that as a tool for staying <laughs> up later, I'm reading my Bible. Yes. We, we yes. have had that. Several there is times. a time and there is a place for you to read your Bible, but right now there That's is a time true. and a place for you to obey and go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And cause the next morning they're, <laughs> there's no morning worship if they're exhausted either. So it's important to have balance and you know, the time and place for everything. Um, in your home, you and Eric made a commitment that your home would be a place that was focused on Jesus. How do you translate that to your parenting? So I will be the first to admit I'm not a perfect parent. I've made all the mistakes. Uh, one thing I have learned is children are very forgiving when you ask and say, hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. I've done a lot Amen. of that. And so is my husband. And we will probably do a lot more because mm -hmm. we're not in heaven yet. But um, one thing that has glued our family together is family worship. Amen. And one thing that has really helped is we'll go around the room and everyone will say what they're sorry for for the day. And usually it always starts with dad and wow, mom. Wow, not what they're thankful for, what they are sorry we for. We do thankfuls too, yeah, but yeah. you talked on that and that was great. <laughs> We do I'm sorry's because we wow. don't want to go to bed angry and there may be things That's that like a mini communion. I love that thought. Yeah. It almost sounds like, okay, th that could be a negative, but you can really turn that into something important. It really helps. And I give the kids an opportunity to say what I need to say I'm sorry for. So in other words, I'll ask Michael, Michael, is there anything that mommy's done that's hurt you today that I need to apologize for? And daddy will say the same thing. And now he's at an age where that could really hit you. It does sometimes. <laughs> I mean, there's a few times I've just had to gulp and say, okay, so I'm sorry that I came ac across as impatient. That was wrong. Thank you for obeying me. <laughs> Amen. But it is, I fully, I fully believe it's very important for us to avoid any roots of bitterness in our family. Mm -hmm. And 
I want my children to trust me and to not be afraid of me and yet to recognize that I am human and that I make mistakes. Amen. My parents did that for me, and I think that was very instrumental in helping me experience the love of God, which is why I was open to the love of God when I was converted. So a few weeks ago, I saw you and your family um, on the stage at ASI. You were singing with another uh, family friend of ours, the Colburns, um, kind of the living room setting. The kids were playing on their instruments. Um, Obviously, that's not what you do every night. Actually, we do every morning. Okay. We sing, we're singing through a hymnal right now. Okay. We've always wanted to do that as a family, and we are smack dab in the middle, so I'm pretty proud of our well, good progress. For you. Good for you. Um, and my kids alternate playing the piano. So one of them will play, and the other one will sing. We don't make them drag out their violins at the early hour of the morning, but we've really enjoyed that. And they'll actually fight about who gets to play the piano now. So that's a great idea for uh, a family who might be thinking, okay, I'm doing daily worship. I want to take it to the next level. They can do adding music. Yeah, it's, it's um, really fun. And if you don't have musical ability, all of most hymnals actually have an app that you can download. That's free. That has the music mm -hmm. and plays it. And then you can sing along. But let's uh, let's go to the family who is just struggling to even get it done daily. Anything? What can you share with them just for a basic family worship? How should they start if they haven't start done it? with short and simple? Because you want something you can do every day, and if it's too long and too complex, you're not going to be able to do that every day. So maybe start with just two minutes. One minute you read a Bible text. One minute you pray. Mm -hmm. If you can establish that habit of every day, two minutes a day in the morning, mm -hmm. two minutes in the evening, that's only four minutes of your day. You can gradually increase the time, but start simple with something you can do now and gradually increase that. That's right. Just build in steps as, as your family, as it fits your family and their And the other thing mode. I would say is if you forget to do worship or you forget a day, please mm -hmm. don't allow that to derail you. Right. Get back up. Okay, you missed today. Let's do it tomorrow. Go, go again the next day. Yeah, I love that. Um, I mentioned the aha moment when the kids go, oh, I could do my own devotional. And uh, our, our youngest two just recently started doing their morning worships, and they found resources they wanted to use on their own. That's besides wonderful. Besides their Bibles, of course. And I was really excited to see them pull out materials that they had gotten. As Jordan mentioned, we attend the same church, and our church uses some of the My Bible First curriculum, uh, that they pulled out some things from My Bible That's First. Great. So um, really good stuff. Uh, this isn't a, a shameful marketing ploy for My Bible First. We're thrilled to um, have you on, and uh, we've talked to you before uh, at ASI, our ASI meeting, as I said earlier in the program about My Bible First, so we're not spending as much time on that. But here's the reality. Some family might be going, how can I get this resources? Give us the two websites again. So the we have a free daily devotional podcast that uses My Bible First material at startingwithjesus.com, mm -hmm. and then you can also purchase the My Bible First Bible Lessons, which go through the Bible sequentially from Genesis to Revelation at age-appropriate levels at mybiblefirst.org. All right, very good. Rachel, before we go, would you share a word of encouragement with maybe moms, dads, families, uh, just whatever the Lord lays on your heart? Don't give up. You won't make every decision 
won't be perfect, Mm -hmm. but don't allow a bad decision to discourage you or derail you. You may not be able to have an hour-long worship where the kids are really excited. That's okay. Don't give up. Just start simple and allow God to grow it. He says, who has despised the day of small things? He doesn't say the day of big things. Mm. He says the day of small things. So don't give up. Start small and God will grow it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Um, Before we go, I'm just going to offer a word of prayer and pray a blessing on your family and your ministry as well. Thank you. Let's pray together. Father, as we... uh, call on your holy name. We just give you honor and glory for anything that we have said that has um, brought attention to you. Um, We just want to be grateful and thankful and um, lift you high that we might decrease and you might increase. Lord, I pray your blessing on Rachel and Eric and their children, their home, their family, their ministry, their work whatever you put in their hands to do, Lord, hold them in your righteous right hand and help them to serve you according to your will and your plan for their lives. Thank you so much for this time that we've had together. We uh, ask for a blessing on my family and Jordan's family as well. Let us continue to serve and honor you. And wherever people are listening to Mission Sunlight Chat today, we just uh, pray for them as well, that this Mm -hmm. might be a word of encouragement to them. Thank you for hearing our prayer, and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Rachel, for joining us. That is today's program from the Media Missionaries of Network 7 Media Center. This has been Mission Sunlight Chat. I'm Christopher Beeson, your host and today's engineer, our director of production, Jordan Wagner. We thank you for joining us. We thank you for sharing our show with your friends via text, uh, email, or on your social media platforms. We also thank you for your gifts and your prayers, but especially we thank you for your prayers. That's all today from our studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This is Mission Sunlight Chat. (laughs) 